how were your parents when you decided, you know, to, to take this route? <laughs> My dad was always very supportive of whatever I wanted to do. He was kind of the black sheep of his family. So, you know, he grew up in Vietnam, you know, during the war and he watched a lot of martial arts films and he's like, I want to be a hero. So, you know, he's still teaching Kung Fu and Tai Chi to this very day. So that's, I've gotten a lot of support from my, from my dad about, you know, anything I wanted to do. My mom growing up was just like, you need to be a doctor or a lawyer. <laughs> you know, how many of us have heard that before, you know? And I'm just like, I don't want to do any of these things. But, you know, after, so my parents, they, they have a very volatile relationships. So they're separated and they divorced. And after divorce, I live with my mom. And, you know, she had a lot of issues with her mental health that we didn't understand until later on after they split up. So she went to therapy, started medication, and she's a lot calmer now. So if you met me back then versus now with my relationship with my mom, it took a complete like 180 in a really good direction. So she's been very supportive of everything that I do. She's been, she comes out to my gigs now. She helps me, you know, if I ever need like a roadie assistance, it's, it's quite lovely. Roadie. So yeah, <laughs> it's really cute. Like she would go there and she would just like go on her cell phone and she record me and, you know, send it to her WeChat friends in China and our family. So yeah, it's uh, it's really nice to feel the support of my family. And, you know, she's just like, oh, my my daughter's a DJ. You know, she makes music and she's she's very proud of me. So it's good. That's awesome. And, you know, just seeing that transformation in your in your mom, you know, being how you you kind of positioned it or positioned her as, you know, being the resisting factor in the beginning. And then now she's like mom, the roadie. Right. That's an awesome transformation to hear about as well. Um, and I think a lot of that goes back to like, you know, like just trust, right? We talked about self-doubt being a barrier and then trust being how you overcome that. You know, you trust in yourself, your your parents trust in you and your decisions, and maybe they end up trusting in themselves and how they raised you and the values they brought to you. So trust becomes, you know, a, a core topic. And then I think looking at it from maybe at a, you know, from an immigrant point of view, I always know that there's this sense of distrust, you know, when, when the immigrants come to especially when it comes to government things you know there's there's oh. this level of distrust oftentimes created because of a misunderstanding lost in translation that sort of thing you're not speaking the same common language so it is difficult to foster trust would you agree with any of that as well there's always going to be this i want to say always i do have hope for humanity sometimes you know if anyone just even looks different than whoever's in the majority you know look at our presidents <laughs> You know, having somebody that even looks a little bit differently or has a different background or, you know, could potentially have different values is going to be seen as threatening. It's kind of wired into our lizard brains. Um, and if we don't transcend that and really look at the commonalities between all human beings instead of the differences, I think then we're in trouble. So <laughs> I like to say that what unites us is stronger than what divides us. And if we look at that instead, then you know, we can fix a lot of the problems on this earth. Absolutely. And I personally believe that music is actually very integral to that process. You know, music like you said, it unites in the sense where it, you don't need to know the artist really, right? You hear the music, it does something to you. You know, are they black? Are they white? Are they male, female, you know, gay, straight? It, it, it doesn't matter. You know, the music is what's speaking to you, right? So I want to get back really quick. I'm not really quick, but let's get back <laughs> to the music. What kind of sounds do you produce and where do you host your events? So I first started off doing very relaxing, chill music. A lot of my, so I'm also a meditation instructor. 
before I did music, I would do guided meditations, I would teach classes. And so I, during pandemic, I created videos for people to watch with my music and with me recording my voice. And it's all on YouTube, it's all for, up for free if you ever wanna check that out. And so very ambient sounds in the beginning. And then, you know, I started adding beats to it. So I had lo-fi hip hop sounds. If you ever listen to like to Chill Hop on YouTube, just background music with like the little video game guys, that's the kind of music that I, that's the progression of it, right? So it was like meditation and then there's that. And then I started making EDM music. So just like club type beats, four to the floor. I haven't released a lot of them yet. I do have one track out called Carousel and I'm singing on that track too. So in terms of sounds, I'm all over the place. I could produce pretty much any genre if I feel like that's something I want to do. So then again, there's that, that Asian overachieving, like I could do that. I could do that. So now for me, you know, the challenge is like, what do I want to produce? I know I can produce anything, but what do I want to produce and become good at? And that's still, it's still in question. So mm -hmm. always experimenting, always trying new things. Does that sound have an, you know, like the sounds and style that you're going for, does that have an influence on the events that you do or the events that you're looking for as far as your business goes? Absolutely. So there's, there's two different sides of my business, I would say. There's like, I would say the corporate wedding side, and that's what you see on my website, all the prices, pricing for that. I don't play my music at those events because there's a specific sound that they're looking for most of the times. They don't even want EDM. They want like funk. They want hits from the 80s. And I'm happy to provide that. I love all types of music. Then there's on the other end, there's, I would say like ecstatic dance, my own gigs, my own shows. Those are like hour long sets that people would dance to. So specifically they're there to dance. They're there for like a party and um, usually there's multiple DJs there. So that then I would play, you know, more EDM music, more, I would say like world beats, some down tempo stuff. And I would curate a set specifically for that for dancing. Whereas on the other end, I have like playlists already set, like, all right, people like these types of music at these events. And I've, you know, gained a lot of songs over the years just from like requests from doing my own research. So yeah, two different, very different sides of me for different events. Gosh, you are, you're truly an artist who is also a business owner and you know, I'm in the creative industry as well. So yeah, there's always that kind of balance, right? Where there's what you do for the professional side of things, which has a, you know, very specific kind of constraints that you need to deal with. And that not, that's not necessarily bad, but it might not align exactly with the artistry of what you do and, and where the passions might lay. As far as being an Asian American woman in the industry, is that something people don't expect when they find out? Yeah. Sometimes they just, they have to comment on it. They just have to, because <laughs> it's so out there and yeah, I've learned to take it with you know, with some grace, even though at times I'm just like sighing internally <laughs> at, you know, if it's a corporate event and like people say that I smile, you know, I'm just like, yeah, I am an Asian person and I am here doing this thing right now. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, you know, yeah, people don't expect it. And that's why it's like, okay, you know, because it is something that for them, it's out of the ordinary. I can respect that. I can see that. And I will, you know, entertain that for a little bit until it gets old. <laughs> I want it to get old. I want it to be so normal that it's, it doesn't matter who's DJing, what they look like. I've been to a lot of events where there's just, you know, white guys DJing and they don't get it. You know, they don't get these comments. So I want that to happen for people who look like me too one day. So, so is that actually like, is, has it been a negative? Has it been a challenge? Like, you know, you showing up as an Asian American woman and all of a sudden they say, oh, 
I'm sorry, we're going to move on. I mean, has it been a challenge like that? No, not like that. But okay. I do get people hitting on me. <laughs> it's yeah, that it just I feel that that is actually, you know, a real a real challenge because I read in a couple of interviews with some of the more famous uh, just female DJs that, you know, they said that, oh, yeah, they're they're doing weird things, illicit things in order to get favors to play shows like it's not that their their own merit that gets them on the top it's that they know somebody or like they're you know paying in somehow and I think that's very you know it's very disrespectful for a lot of these artists to you know assume that just because you're female that you're not talented on your own that you need somebody else to give you a leg up to get into the industry so I would say yeah for for being a minority in the female sense there is a, a big issue there the Asian thing is like a very specific brand because there are some people who are you know have creeped on me because I am an Asian woman they like oh what's your nationality oh you look you look so exotic because you are half Chinese half Vietnamese and I'm like dude I'm just trying to network here you know you <laughs> oh gosh well, I, you know, that's, that's definitely something that we got to work towards changing and making sure our culture does better than that. Cause you know, that's, that is a shame to hear that that's something you've had to endure, you know, but I'm, I'm glad that, you know, you have been able to still survive and thrive beyond that happening to you. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you know, as my dad always says, don't let the turkey get you down. So they're <laughs> right. all just turkeys. <laughs> nice. So let's pivot the conversation and talk about, you know, being a CEO. What have been some of your biggest challenges you know, from the, from the business side of things? Well, I've never considered myself a CEO. Does that make <laughs> me a CEO? Because I am a, the own business owner. Like you are the owner, women owned <laughs> CEO. So this is a relatively new concept for me as to be a business owner, owner, right? You know, so I, I had been just DJing for, you know, under the table for so long. And then now I'm like, okay, I got to legitimize everything. You know, this is last year after going through CMPP, you know, getting licensing and DBA, all of the official things that I needed to legitimize this business. And, you know, that has been a challenge, but it's also been very rewarding because, you know, you're dealing with bureaucracy. Sometimes things don't go as fast as you want them to. And, but it also gives me the sense of like, wow, I, I, this is who I am. This is my business. This is my baby. And I need to put more, more into it than I did, than I realized I needed to. So it's not just about being a good DJ. It's not just about having the gear. It's about having the mindset of like, I'm running a business, you know, we got to, you see what our profit margins are, you know, where we're falling short and all of that. And the one thing I learned was that uh, it's really hard to be just an entrepreneur, like starting your own business for the first time. So there's months where I be, I think we talked about this earlier, where like, I, I just don't know where my money's coming. I have one gig for this month and I'm just like, oh no, you know, what am I going to do? And so, you know, I do a lot of other jobs on the side too. So I have, you know, if you look at my resume and I, I listed every single kind of job I've ever done, I, I, the last job I had was a graphic designer for the Pittsburgh Senior News. So, you know, use doing InDesign, you know, Photoshopping articles about the AARP and like senior baseball <laughs> leagues and things like that, you know, graphic design for you know marketing flyers. I was producing music a little bit for a YouTube channel, doing schematics for like SeaWorld in Abu Dhabi, just like speaker <laughs> matrices. Like it's just, I had to, I learned so many different like skills 
that are apart from DJing just to keep my, you know, keep myself afloat. And it is very difficult at times to try to make your business make you money when you're not making money already. If you get what I mean. <laughs> yeah, totally. Oh, and some that's a very common theme among business owners. You know, that's they're the jacks of all trade, right? Because you just you inevitably end up wearing so many different hats, doing so many different things and you know, getting into business for yourself, you know, if you, like you said, it's a difficult task, monumental, monstrous task, whatever adjectives you want to apply to it, especially at the beginning when you had no idea, like, oh, I'd have to do all this. And then I still have to try to hustle for, <laughs> for some, some food on the side. So it's, uh -huh. it's definitely a, a, a journey and an adventure in itself. You know, being a CEO at a young age must come with bunch of growing pains right like you said so things you had to learn is there a lesson that you would like to share any one particular lesson don't give up especially when let's say you're not really good at tech stuff and you know you're you have to have a website nowadays and it has to it has to work you know there was so much that I had to go into and fix on WordPress. And I was lucky to have some people helping me with like SEO and tech support. I, it took me almost a month to get my website up, like my new website, the one that's currently up because there were so many issues with it. And I had to go and call like the hosting company and do, you know, go and go through like this, the back end of Google, which I didn't know existed just to get my email, um, contract contact form to work and that took me hours and of course i didn't want to do it it was all really highly technical stuff things that you would not know on your own you have to really like go and read just go into <laughs> google like you don't even know everyone knows oh yeah i got my email here but you didn't know that there's google and then there's google so i had to go to google and it was the most taxing brain melting tasks I've ever had to do, but I realized like there's nobody else that could do it but me. And if I want to get my website up, I got to do it. And I felt so proud of myself after I sent the emails, I got the CAPTCHA thing up so no spam emails can get through, which also was another process in its own. Like you have to copy secret codes and things to like, I'm sure you know how this works. Yeah, just don't give up, especially if you're doing something that is out of your wheelhouse because those are that's how you grow you know you can't get into business and not grow because exactly. it's yeah it is whole it's a whole process it's a whole journey if you look at it holistically instead of like yeah i just want to make money you know you got to ask yourself like what do you actually love what you're doing and if you really love what you're doing you don't give up so that's that's my advice <laughs> don't give up that is you know you hear that a lot. You see it on posters, you see it on t-shirts, you see it everywhere, but it's something that can never be understated and probably needs to be a mantra that is always, always, always repeated over and over and over for a business owner. So we're coming to the close here of our little session and it's you know been really great. Before we wrap up, I did want to ask you then for a little inspirational you know moment some parting you know piece of wisdom so my final question to you is this what kind of advice do you have for young people trying to break into your industry don't try to break into anything <laughs> it's so that's just sounds so violent like i'm not trying to break out i for me you got to look at your motivation why do you want to make music 
do you want to be popular? Do you want to play shows? Do you want to sound like this person or that person? Or do you have a song inside of you or a feeling inside of you or some lyrics or words or just something inside of you that needs to come out? And it doesn't matter how many people listen to it. One person, three people, five million. It doesn't matter because at the end of the day, it's all about you and why you fell in love with music to begin with. So if you if you want to break out and just be like super popular and famous like that, that's that's a good goal. I think it's I, I fantasize about touring around the world because I think it'll be just so much fun to like share my music and have people sing it back at me. So for me, it's not enough to just be a DJ playing other people's songs and, you know, top hits and stuff. I want to perform my own music, use my voice and like really connect with people with who have gone through the same things I have or who really resonate with the music that I am putting out there. So that is, that's for me, like, I'd say, look at your motivation, look at your intention behind it. And if it's a really tr a true intention that your, your soul is calling for, then there shouldn't be any pressure to break out. You shouldn't feel like, oh, I'm falling behind. It's, it's almost like a joy of creating and being really in your element and just honoring those parts of yourself that you're giving a voice to. So I'd say it's a less aggressive process. Yeah, don't don't be so aggro about it. Be very gentle and nurturing with your talent. And then everything else will fall, like guaranteed, everything else will show up. Gigs will show up. People will contact you. People will resonate with your music. And, you know, the all the other stuff that you think that you want, it's going to be a side effect of the love that you're giving to yourself. Awesome. That is so, so great to hear. I mean, it's so clear that you're a passionate individual and this is your passion. And, you know, it's just, it's wonderful to hear you share with us these, these insights to what, what you do in your business and your industry. So to close it out then, where can business owners locate you and how can they get in touch with you in case they need help with their, their own resources and to start their small businesses or, you know, just have any questions, you know, they want to ask oh, of you. Yeah, they could reach me. My website's just D-E-I-T-I-I.com. There's a little contact form. So if they just ever need some business advice or I could, I could also, you know, connect them to CNPP or USPAC, uh, depending on what they're looking for. Yeah. And then if they want to, you know, contact me for any set, like, you know, book me or just even to check out my music, everything is just through my website, all the Spotify and everything is on there as well. All right. We'll definitely be looking out for you. And again, more power to you in your business. So thank you, Rebecca, for this wonderful conversation. It's good to listen to more stories of Asian Americans and minorities and to learn how to navigate around business needs, especially for communities that lack that access to support that they need. Thank you to our audience too for tuning in. And we hope that you can join us again next time at Navigating Business, a podcast brought to you by the U.S. Asian American Chamber of Commerce through the Community Navigator Pilot Program of the Small Business Administration. Goodbye, everyone. Thank you. Thank you.